Listening to the Gods to Ghost Volleyball Podcast with your host Scott Bemke. Our interview today features part one with Dave Boardwell. Over his beach career, Dave Boardwell won two opens on the beach, the first coming in 1962 at Laguna Beach alongside partner Gordon Evans, the second coming in 1965 at Corona del Mar alongside the legendary Ron Von Hagen. Indoors, Dave was also an impressive player, winning the 1963 California Indoor Doubles Championship and also the 1965 USVBA Six-Man Indoor National Championship, where he also earned All-American honors. Off the court, Dave Boardwell was also a world-class sprinter and long jumper and had a vertical jump well over 40 inches. With that being said, let's get going with part one with David Boardwell. All right, Dave Boardwell, for those who don't know, what can you tell us about your background and how you got your uh, your start in the sport of volleyball? Well, I actually got a, my sport in volleyball. I was dating this girl, and she was in the uh, high school volleyball team, and a college volleyball team in Marymount College. And we were down at the beach one day, and she says, what did she, what did she do this for? And so I said, eh, I don't know. So she went up to Bernie Holzman. She said, my boyfriend is a really good athlete, and he's very fast, and can jump a mile. What did he would do? How do I get him started in volleyball? And Bernie said, you, you, know, you came to the right person. And so Bernie called me over and started doing drills with me, setting, passing, and stuff like that. And then he said, "Let me let me see him." So he I he set me, and I, I I said, "I've you know I'd watched some of the other guys do it, so I just went up and hit it, and I hit it straight down." He says, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> Not too shabby there, Bardwell. Uh, he says, "How high can you jump?" I said, "Well, I've, I've uh, had a sergeant jump of forty four inches." He said, "My God, I've never seen anybody jump out of the sand like you." So then he said, and Bernie used to love to do this. He used to love to come down during the week sometimes, or on the weekends, and he'd walk around the beach and where all the volleyball courts were. Yeah. State Beach, we had about 10 or 12 courts there. And he'd see people playing, and he'd come up to me and say, let me show you how to do that. And he'd go around teaching people how to play volleyball. Little did they know they were learning from one of the legends of beach volleyball. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, he got a lot of people to play that way. Not only the guys, but the women, too. So your girlfriend was at Loyola Marymount, I take it? Yeah. And you, um, which beach were you at when she went up to Bernie? State Beach. State Beach. You were State Beach all day and all night, from what I heard, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. 
So how old were you when that that uh, occurred? Uh, let's see. And what year was that approximately, Dave? Uh, 1950. 1950. Yeah, I was 18 years old. All right, so we talked a bit about this, and you were considered to be quite the athlete. Rumor has it you, you long jumped. 25 feet 7 inches and ran yeah. the 200 meter dash in 20.6 seconds when you were in college. Yeah. Are those yeah. uh, are those numbers college, correct or was Von Hagen yeah. pulling my leg? No, those are right. Uh, it's when I was also comp- traveling around the country competing with they, they had those days it was called uh, all comers meets and you'd uh, go sign up and you'd race against other people and, and jump against other people and and then you could win a prize. It was like AAU meets. Sure. And did you? So I, do you have a I few to, prizes and pelts on the wall from that? Yeah, I do. I, I won quite a bit, and uh, I never lost the two hundred meters. I never lost the two hundred meters even in college, and uh, so I used to do that. And that's how I found out that uh, that. Uh, that uh, that I well, I was a track guy when I was growing up because Little League Baseball hadn't started yet, and in the city of Los Angeles they had a track program for kids, mm-hmm. and I joined it. It was down in South Central LA, and when I couldn't get a, a ride down there because my mom well worked and my uncle worked, my dad had already passed away. I used to take the bus down there and uh, and compete in these. These track meets. I ran the Coliseum relays. Uh, that was pretty famous at that time. And just went around. And then my uncle used to stay during the week. They would uh, they would have track meets all over L.A. at night. And at night, and my uncle would take me to them. And I'd run in those things. And I was a, oh, I was a cocky jerk. <laughs> I used to walk up the the the, uh, the starting line. I'd say, who's who's going to finish second? You didn't even know it, but you had a little bit of Ron Lang in you back then. <laughs> no, that was more, that was more like Bernie Holzman. Bernie Holzman would say something like that. A, a little of both, yeah. I had a little of both. No, I knew I was I, I was I was cocky because I, my uncle made me that way. Actually, yeah. I wonder if he ever had some money uh, bet on his nephew out there. <laughs> Did he always come home with his pockets full or no? He, yeah, he used to bet money on me. The one that used to bet money on me all the time was Steno, and I'll tell you about that when we get to Brunicardi. Steno and Selzer. Yeah, sounds like a plan. All right, so, I mean, you first learned about the sport at 18 years old, State Beach, through your girlfriend, um, through Bernie Holtzman. And um, were there other players that were playing down there at that time that, oh, yeah. that were established that you like right away realized, wow, I'm this this person's pretty talented. I'm gonna keep an eye on them when they play. Yeah, Mike Wright, Lang, uh, Selnick, of course. Selnick was a legend down there. So because I've heard. He had won so much, so many tournaments, and he and Bernie. Uh, Bernie and Selznick went from like 1940, they told me once, 1947 to 1950, and they never lost a game. Well, when you saw them play, you can see why, because they, they never missed a serve, and they were great setters, and, and uh, they just and they dug everybody. It was incredible. 
How was the who's who when you were down there that you got to watch? Well, there was Bright, uh, O'Hara. There was another guy that Harold O'Hara used to play with before he was playing with uh, uh, Bright. It was was a guy named uh, Mike McMahon. No, not Mike McMahon. No, that's that's the other guy. Uh, Don McMahon? Don, Don McMahon, yeah. Okay. And Don was a very good player, sort of a lane type player. He was very good, but he could not put a ball away on Bernie Holson. Bernie Holson used to laugh at him when he was hitting the ball. And he's and uh, and so when Selznick and and, uh, and Bernie played uh, O'Hara and McMahon, our man Ron uh, Don McMahon. Yes. That was usually the finals in those days. Now because Lang was just coming up, and he was playing with a guy named Dick Davis, who was very good. And another fellow by the name of Jim Kaufman, who was six five, a basketball player, who could really jump, and uh, was very quick. And if he would, he was he was a dentist though, so he didn't play as much as the other people. And if he would have taken it serious, he won a tournament with O'Hara. He won several tournaments with Lane, and uh, he was a great indoor player. He was one of our best indoor players in the in the fifties. He would have. He would have died. He would have been a dominant player. Had he uh, dedicated more time to it, is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, he was a dentist. And he had his own practice, and he was. Uh, he played a lot. I mean, don't don't let me get you wrong. He was on the USC team for volleyball, <clears throat> and he and Lang used to play in the the big doubles tournaments we had during the summer every year. It was the indoor tournament. We had the California State Doubles Championship. Right. And he and he and Lang were were the best team in that. And uh, that was quite an event, by the way. We'd play during the summer at nights, the tournament, and it was after you were playing at the beach all day. And so we'd go, go play in this tournament. And uh, I was uh, 19, and this guy comes up to me. His name was Don Hamilton. He was a terrific volleyball player, great, uh, really good athlete. And he came up to me and said, Do you want to play in that, this tournament with me? I said, I never played the indoor doubles. He said, well, let's go play at Hollywood tonight. So we went up to Hollywood and played, and he and we we did you know we played pretty well, and so we ended the tournament that weekend. They were usually in Long Beach, and the first match we draw the number one seed, and we beat them. <laughs> it was unbelievable. So that really started me out in, in uh, thinking that geez, I may be pretty good in this sport. Right, that was probably a pretty good confidence boost. Yeah, and I won that tournament twice. And uh, well, and the only people that won that tournament was Bright, Lang, O'Hara, Selvig, and, and and Lang. You know, that was that was dominated by that them pretty much. But I won one. I won one with a Alika Smith. His name was Hawaiian fellow who could really jump. Uh, yeah, he um, was pretty animated too, from what I've read. He was a character. <laughs> there seems to have been a lot of them back in that time period. It was the golden age of volleyball because there were so many people in the movie business, and and when we played down at State Beach, it was always uh, the movie stars were always out there watching like, play. Like Greta Tyson. For who? Like who? Didn't Greta Tyson come down there and give Bernie or Gene a kiss after they won a tournament yeah. at State at one Something point? Something like that. Yeah, I didn't see that, but I heard about that. Okay. But there was another, another guy that used to come down there who was really good volleyball player. 
he was the quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams at that time, Bob Waterfield. And he uh, he was a terrific athlete, and he was all pro in football. And he'd been he uh, was the quarterback for the Rams when they won the championship fifty two. He loved to play volleyball. He was very very good, six four, fast, could run, great hands. He was a really good player. Now we started to talk about Bernie Holtzman, so I'd like to skip ahead and and kind of talk about some of these players that are no longer with us, unfortunately. Um, but grateful, uh, thankfully, there's guys like you that were there and played with them and learned from them and, and saw them when they were in their prime. So I'd like to talk about um, each one of them one at a time and have you talk about what you remember about them as a player, what made them okay. special as a player, if there's any great stories or things. You know, you can elaborate as much as possible because I think everything that you can share about each and every one of these players um, is something that's you know pretty rare to find these days. So let's start out with Bernie Holtzman, Dave. What can you? Okay. I mean, you learn from him. What else? Well, Bernie was very interesting uh, because he loved volleyball as much as Juan Hagen, and he and he learned to play volleyball before he went into World War Two, and a. He went and and the war, he was in World War Two, and he was he was stationed on a aircraft carrier. And he taught everybody in the aircraft carrier how to play volleyball. Wow, I never knew that. And he, I mean, no, not many people know this story. And what he used to like to do was was get all the troops together and they'd play volleyball at night. And he taught them. And he he said to God, I had some great players. I said, What about when you hit the ball in the water? <laughs> he said, We had a lot of balls. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I didn't hit. They didn't. I dug everything, so it didn't make any difference. <laughs> He had but, that kind uh, of confidence to him, huh? Oh, yeah. Bernie did not think anybody could put the ball away on him. He really didn't. And when I played with him, he said, he would just say, these guys, they can't beat us because they can't put the ball away. And he was right. <laughs> like Don McMahon? Oh, yeah, Don McMahon. It was embarrassing. He did he, his best one. hit. Whatever he hit at him, Bernie would, would put right up in the air. Yeah, just pass it or uh, dig it with his own. He had that one arm. He dug with, I told you, that one arm, that right arm of his. You couldn't get a ball by his right arm. Would he do it overhand, out to the side? I, I mean, to the side do? or straight down on it or overhand. And the overhand, he dug with two hands, everything. He had the strongest hands I saw of anybody because he could, you couldn't hit it through his hands. You just couldn't do it. They were too strong. And I was playing with him once in, in uh, State Beach. He, I, we were, we were playing. Uh, Mike Bright and Selden were playing together, and Bright hit a ball. Bernie dug it. I ran all the way to the ball. And, no, no, I dug it, and Bernie ran all the way to the wall at State Beach and set it with two hands and put me right on top of the net, and I put it away. Everybody was going screaming, yelling, going nuts. You know. Well, those are the type of things that Bernie could do. He just, he was very fast. He had total control of the ball. He had, oh, he had a million shots. He used to drive on Higgins nuts, all of his shots. When you're talking shots, what? Cut shot, rainbow? A dink shot, a little cut, a little bump, a deep, the deep shot, he was really good at it. There was another guy down there at that time, a guy named Al Cohen. 
he was five seven five eight now Cohen was the same way he he was a great setter great digger always usually placed in the open and he played with his brother-in-law who was six foot seven with a bad leg and so Al used to set him on ones all the time he would, he would set to serve so he could take off on one foot and put the ball away <laughs> Von Hagen mentioned to me that you played in a tournament with Bernie, and Bernie set you every single time off off the pass. Yeah, we were playing in San Diego, and he he said uh, when we went down there, it was before we actually played a game before we went down. And he said, "I'm going to set you on every ball on uh, on first." I said, "Okay." <laughs> I didn't mind and I was in really good shape obviously so we started the first match we played this played this team that had a really good serve and the guy had a, a fast serve at Bernie and Bernie set on one to me and I went up and put it away and I, that's what we did the whole tournament and we took third in the tournament we beat Brighton O'Hara using that same strategy with Bernie oh, yeah. passing the ball and at that time everyone passed overhand is that correct? no not really but Bernie well, I, did. Uh, Bernie and yeah, Gene yeah, did yeah. primarily. No, bumping was pretty pretty prevalent at that time. But Bernie was set me. It didn't matter where it was, too. If I dig a ball, it was weird. He ran to the back line. He set me from there, and it'd be right on top of the net. And he'd set everything with his hands more often than yeah. that? Oh, oh, yeah. And yeah. was he passing that first ball off the serve with his hands, too? Oh, yes, yes. Jeez, I wish I would have seen that. And he was, it was perfectly clean on a hard serve, and it came out with no spin, and he put it two feet off the net for you time after yeah. time. It was unbelievable. And you beat O'Hare and Bright using that strategy in San Diego. Yeah. What year was that? 62. They were still in their prime then. That's pretty impressive. Oh, they were, they, they were right in the, the, they were the best team on the beach then. They were better than Southern Lane. And uh, yeah, it was it was pretty. People that were watching it, they couldn't believe it. And and Brad came up to me afterwards. He says, "Someday you and I are going to play in a tournament." <laughs> he said, "We could win here really easily." <laughs> Bright was the hardest person. Why was that? We can move on to Mike Bright now. What, what can you tell me about him? Why was he such a hard guy to beat? He's a great ball handler, very good setter, and he hit angles that. Most people did just didn't hit, except maybe Erickson and O'Hara. He could really hit, and he's really smart, really smart. And he was always in great shape. Wasn't he the one that would swim in uh, on like a paddleboard from like the Catalina and stuff like that, yeah. and playing the Manhattan? Yeah, Open? He'd, yeah. And he'd walk on the beach after after winning the the paddleboard championship, and he'd put the board down and. And he said, Brad, you're on the court. And he'd go on the court and play a match and right off the right out of the water. What how many miles is that? Like from Catalina to El- Twenty six miles. Twenty six miles and he'd do that and then he'd come out like it was a walk to the mailbox and kick everyone's yeah. backside. Jeez. The players in the, those days they were in better shape uh, than the guys that play now. And I'll tell you why. It's because they played volleyball all the time on the beach. All year round. If it was raining, we'd be down at the beach playing volleyball. And uh, we had a deal that, you know, there weren't as many terms back then at that time. But every Saturday when there wasn't a tournament, everybody would get together at State Beach and we'd play against each other from 6.30 in the morning until 7.30 at night. 
And I remember one day I, I got out there with Bernie, and we, we won every match all day. Nobody could beat us. That must have felt pretty good to do that from sun up to sundown with a legend like that. Money can't buy that, Dave. Yes, no, you can't. But Mike, Mike Brett was a very good defensive player also. And mentally, he was really strong. When he played in the Olympics against the Russians in 68, they could not stop him. Is that the year Rundle was on the team and then hurt his ankle in one of those matches? So it really yeah, hurt yeah. them to not have him? Yeah. Because he, yeah. was, he was one of their best, if not best, outside hitters and passers. Yeah. Wright was also on the team with Lang in 64 that that uh, just didn't have enough time, only was thrown together four months before the Olympics in Tokyo, I believe. Right. Yeah, I worked out with that team. I was like on a... An alternate. I was. I competed my first nationals, but my second nationals that year. And uh, there was a guy named uh, a guy named Jost from Czechoslovakia who played in that tournament. It was in New York, and he was one of the best players in the world. What was his and name? Jost. Okay. And he was fantastic, but he wasn't as good as Selden. <laughs> You know, Selden made all world in volleyball. Did you know that in '56? I did, thanks to uh, uh, something that Lang sent to me. Yeah, we'll get to those '62 nationals because I'm really excited to hear about that because I heard Selznick was just like in his prime and yeah. scary how good he was. Couldn't be stopped. Um, is there anything more on Bernie Holtzman that you want to share with me here before we move on to a little bit more on Mike Bright? Oh, uh, he was. He, he, Bernie didn't think he could lose. And he just, uh, because he could dig everybody. He had a great offense. How tall was Bernie? Six feet. Now he didn't look it. And you were 5'9", right? Yeah. And he, uh, he just said he was a great all-around player. A great teacher of the game, too. We used to play, he taught me how to play this defense on the beach. Where we both would serve the ball, and we both run to the sidelines. Bob's on the left side, I, I ran to the left side, and Bernie would run to the right side. And then we'd try to force the players to hit it to the middle, in the middle to us. They don't do that anymore. And then as soon, as, you read their, as soon as you read their arm, which way they were going, one of you would go that way to pick it up? If it no, no we'd both go that way. So after we served it, try to force them to hit the ball down the middle. That's why we dug so much. And he could get up and put the ball away, too, not just with shots, but if he needed to. Oh, no, this pounded the ball. Something else. Now, Mike Bright, you mentioned, was a phenomenal hitter, aside from Keith Erickson. He could hit the ball at angles. Yeah. Like no one else could. Yeah. He's um, an intelligent player out there on the court. What else about Mike Bright? Other than Tostino, he was the toughest guy in the beach. Tough in terms of, um, you know, he could play through pain or tough in that, like, if you were get, being disrespectful, um, you knew you were going to have to answer to him. Mike and I were in Detroit for the Pan American Games in 67. And uh, we walked into the, the uh, 
the bathroom, go to the bathroom, and the national uh, hockey team was in there for Canada. And this guy stepped in front of Mike. And Mike said, you don't do that. And he took the guy and threw him against the wall. <laughs> Volleyball player threw the uh, hockey player against the wall? Yeah. <laughs> against the boards? <laughs> yeah, just in the wall. And the guy looked at him and said, you crazy? And Mike said, well, if you do that again, I'll show you how crazy I am. And he said, Board, well, you take this guy, and I'll take these other two guys. And so we fought three guys. You ended up throwing fish. <laughs> well, these other guys jumped in, and I used to box, so I was, I could take care of myself. So we fought these three guys in the bar, in the bathroom. And they were from where, Russia or Czech, where? Canada. The Canadians? Mm-hmm. The Hansen brothers? <laughs> no, it wasn't the Hanson Brothers. <laughs> you should have told me it was. No one would have known, and, known the difference. Frank was holding two of them on the ground. And uh, and I was punching one another one. And Mike said, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. He said, okay. <laughs> it, was, it was incredible. So we used to laugh about that all the time. How'd the fight end? Uh, we won. You won? You they got gave, off them? And... Yeah, they gave, they gave up. They said uncle, right? Pardon? <laughs> uncle, uncle. You know? Yeah. Um, well, that's a great story. I didn't realize that about Bright. He always looked kind of unassuming in those pictures and pretty docile, but I guess pictures don't really say much. There was a player that, that was on my 65 national team, a guy named Jack Jensen. He was a very good player. He was 6'3", in about 2.30, and he and I attacked Bright one day. And we were holding him on the ground, and Tommy Ryan, who was six foot eight, 245, jumped in, and the three of us couldn't hold Bright down. Was this like being playful with buddies, or was this like... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just screwing it. You but think he, he could hold him down? down? No, we couldn't hold him down. He was laughing at us, trying to hold him because <laughs> he threw every one of us out to the side. Oh, Wow. No, he was something else. His, he told me once that his father was a famous street fighter along the beaches. Really? Yeah. He taught his son well then if uh, yeah. Apple yeah, didn't was, roll far from the tree. Mike was a very good basketball player too. He could really rebound. And uh, he was just a very good athlete. All right. How about uh, his partner, Mike O'Hara? Mike O'Hara wasn't the most popular person on the beach. <laughs> Mike had a way about him, and he and Celtic did not get along. So I that, that was the difference in those days too. A lot of guys didn't like each other, and they showed it. And O'Hara definitely showed that he didn't like Celtic, and Celtic showed it right back to him. But it was funny. It's Celtic's memorial service. Bright got up and gave us a saw talk, and he said, Gene and I were good friends. You people don't realize it. That was a bunch of bullshit. It <laughs> was a bullshit. Because I was, uh, I worked with Gene. We were together a lot. But he, he really respected Gene. He said, right, that his memorial, that seldom was the best player he ever saw. But he is. But O'Hara was, uh, had tremendous drive. And he, he just, he just wouldn't give up. And I saw him win matches that he shouldn't have won against Lang and Selden, but he because he wouldn't give up. When Mike got up to hit the ball, the ball was usually was usually put down. <laughs> it 
it was he was by far the best hitter I ever saw. He and Erickson. What about Bright? Was it just that Bright could hit angles like Erickson, or was uh, Bright didn't quit, hit the ball quite as hard as Erickson? Erickson was so high over the net. But O'Hara, then, if you had to, with amongst those three, who was the best hitter? Well, if you look at the victories and everything like that, you'd have to say O'Hara. O'Hara was a great player. He had tremendous drive. He didn't have the ability, that, the uh, like Lang, you know, to, to handle the ball and everything. But he, and he, he looked terrible. He was setting the ball and everything. But he, he always got the job done. Was it Bright that didn't like hitting O'Hara's sets or the other way around? Uh, probably bright, not liking Erickson's and uh, 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 O'Hara's sets. They weren't the best. I think I, I remember hearing something along those lines. So O'Hara was a heck of a hitter and had one of those indomitable wills like Lang and Von Hagen that you'd have to kill them first before they'd, they'd yeah. let you beat them. Yeah. Well, the thing that, that people don't realize is the matches between Selvick and Lang and, and O'Hara and Bright were just classic. People people would come off from all over the city to watch those names. When they when they heard that they were in the finals, let's say a state beach or wherever it was, Manhattan or Laguna or anything, people would be packed to watch those guys play against each other because they didn't like each other and they, they didn't hold back on the court. It was like those Ali Frazier fights. Yeah, that type of thing. That's, that's a good example. O'Hara had one of the best serves on the beach, too. A really hard serve. He served it like tennis. He was a good tennis player. And he was different from the other guys in that he had a full-time job during the week, did he not? Yeah. Yeah, he was a brilliant businessman. So he was a basically after-work type guy for an hour or two or on the weekend strictly. Yeah. Or he'd come down to the beach and, and run and stuff like that a lot. I used to run with him on the beach sometimes. And was he a state beach guy too, or South Bay, or Sereno, or what? Uh, Sereno, state beach. Okay. It depends what day it was. Anything else on O'Hara that comes to mind? No, not really. He was just a great player. Next, I think. Go on. I think he and I think he and Lang played a tournament once together, and they won. I believe they the played Lang- in a couple of tournaments, but um. Uh, O'Hara, uh, for whatever reason, they didn't stay together. And Lang told me that he he thought that that was probably the best thing that happened to his career because he had to go out and play with other players and he became a better player because of that. Yeah, I would say so. That's that's a good point by Lang, yeah. Yeah, they could have been a really dominant team too had they stuck it out. I don't know, but not as much as Selvig and Lang because uh, I don't think Lang really liked O'Hara's sets. I saw him play a couple times together. It wasn't real. In fact, I played a couple times against him, and I, I, I think I beat him. But we played twice. I think I beat him once because the setting wasn't just wasn't that good. Speaking of Ron Lang, let's talk about him for a bit. Okay, Mister Ado. Next, <laughs> that's my my new nickname for him, and he laughs all evil when I say that, which I really get a kick out of. Like a little kid. <laughs> um, what do you remember about Lang? Well, he's just a great player, a tremendous competitor. He was like Bernie; he didn't miss passes. 
he's a better bumper, of course. He's a great bumper. Uh, he could hit the ball very, very well. He had a great serve. He didn't have a weakness. What about his defensive ability and digging? Very good. Very good. If you had to compare him, uh, how would he be in that category with a Selznick and a Holtzman or pretty damn close? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard when uh, someone was unloading on a ball and they could hit pretty well, he would put both knees in the sand and uh, he'd put his face and hands right in there and more often than not come up with that ball. Yeah, he would. We all actually did that. We got that from Bernie. Some some fool recently, I don't know who the guy was, he wrote an article and, and it pictures the best diggers who ever played. Yeah. And uh, somebody called me and they said, how come you weren't mentioned? I said, I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't even know who this guy is. And they said, well, they had pictures. They said, he used to dig everything. I said, I know. I have no idea. I don't even know who the guy is. <laughs> but uh, what magazine was it in? I don't know. I have no idea. Von Hagen told me about it. Yeah, well, Dane Selznick made a a, uh, a very true, sad but true comment. He said, uh, out of sight, out of mind, unfortunately, for a lot of these players. And that's um, the unfortunate part is that, you know, the further away we get from guys like you and Selznick and Lang and Von Hagen and Bergman, etc., the less and fewer people are around to remember them the way they should be. So that's why I'm appreciative that you took the time to take my call tonight so that we have some uh, history about how phenomenally talented guys like you and, and all of them were. So thanks. This concludes part one of our interview with Dave Boardwell. Stay tuned for part two. I'd like to give credit to the musicians that we use for our podcast. The opening track is from the band Sponge. The song title is Rainin' off the album Rotting Pinata, which is one of my favorite albums that I listen to all the time in college. The closing track is from the band Magna Carta Cartel. Song title is That It's Already Too Late off the album Good Morning Restrained. Please make sure to visit our website, which is godstoghosts.com. Thanks for listening. Talk soon. Thank you.